Hello, Brad here. Just to say we're super proud that the Friday 5pm podcast is sponsored by the Malt Miller, the UK's best home brew store. We use the Malt Miller for all of our homebrew experiments, as well as tapping them up for advice and binging on their awesome YouTube channel all the time. That's why whenever we release a homebrew video, we put a recipe kit live on the Malt Miller, so you can brew with the exact same amazing ingredients that we did. The same ingredients used by pro brewers. So alongside the Malt Miller's nitro-flushed hops, cold-stored yeast and milled-to-order malts, you can pick up recipe kits for our Five Points Best Bitter, Russian River West Coast IPA, and now the fastest beer in the world, a hazy session IPA that goes from grain to glass in less than 48 hours. Sign up to their newsletter at tinyurl.com forward slash maltmiller to get 5% off your first order. With the Malt Miller's amazing customer service and Johnny's 48-hour recipe, you could order the ingredients on a Monday and be drinking the beer by the weekend. Speaking of which, it's Friday. It's 5pm. So enjoy this week's Friday 5pm podcast. It's Friday, it's 5pm, and I hope you spent less time on trains this week than I did. Well, I, I certainly did, Johnny. I unfortunately had to bail from the uh, last of our wonderful uh, brewery collaboration uh, excursions that have taken us all around the UK and, and even over to Norway. You, you, Sweden. Uh, sw- Sweden. <laughs> I mean, Sweden. I guess we went over Norway at some point. We, 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 yeah, that's what I meant, Johnny. That's what I meant. Right, we okay. went over Norway. Would we have gone so over Sweden. Norway? Sweden's below Norway, though, isn't it? So I can't even claim that, isn't it? What do you mean below Norway? Norway's like the top bit of the bit that sticks, sticks out, isn't it? And then Sweden's like the low. I can't remember. Johnny, it's been a hot day. <laughs> I've been I've been varnishing a wall. Um, oh, I the var- to, okay, I, hot day. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to accept varnishing. Yeah, maybe that's gone to your brain and you've yeah. forgotten that I, Sweden and Norway essentially the 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 limp phallus that yeah, dangles yeah, yeah. above mainland big, Europe. Big dangler though. Yeah, the big dangler that dangles down. Yeah, over Europe. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Uh, I'm sitting currently in, in. When I say I'm, I've been varnishing. It's you. You have seen some of the the wood that's in my front room, and I just put up the little bit of uh, in in this week's uh, lowbrow video. I just put up the last bit of wood that was left to go up. Um, the last weekend, I don't know. Last weekend, weekend four. It all blurs now, Johnny. But I've just managed to varnish it today. Finally, I've had a little bit of time, and I've just varnished it. So, if if I'm in, a little bit intoxicated. From um, the Osmo oils that I've, oh, you've gone uh, Osmo. I know it well. I've gone Osmo. Never go, never go non-Osmo. I reckon it's pretty good stuff. Right, it's not um, a great tagline, quite, but your points made. It's it's quite pungent. It sounds like it could be from Sweden or Norway, doesn't it? Osmo as well. I reckon it could be a Scando product. Yeah, I mean, natural. all the Osmos I have are like sort of natural white, little white tint to it. Very kind of IKEA finish. Oh, you're gone. For, you've gone for like a sort of wash of you to your to your wood treatments. Yeah. Was this was this in the Brudio? If you did, you get no, Osmo no, no, no. I didn't didn't splash any Osmo around this. The budget was too no, tight. No, I didn't. I no, didn't think so. it, it's on our lovely dining table, which we've had to cover with a, ah. a fairly ugly tablecloth because obviously we we have a one year old um, who likes she to draw look, and she paint and stain things. Well, that could add to the the sort of rustic nature of the. The lime washed Osmo. Well, no, it's not. It's not rustic. It's very Scandi, oh, it's Scandi chic. Yeah. Okay. 
What was the base? What was the base wood that we're talking here, Johnny? Uh, white Just oak. to get really yeah. off. Yeah. A white oak. Yeah. So you've made a white oak whiter. Well, no, we've waterproofed it with yes. what is a, an Osmo thing that is, you know, it looks white. It doesn't make it whiter. It just matches the uh, matches the wood and ensures nothing's going to seep into it. But then we still put the tablecloth on because we're still too nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you do have to re-wax as well with, with Osmo oils after a period of time, just so you're aware. Yeah, so, well, yeah, so we'll, we'll redo it. it probably when the tablecloth comes off. So it would have been an entirely pointless... Uh, entirely pointless <laughs> yeah. afternoon spent yep 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 yep, yep i'll yep. tell you what though the underneath of the the tablecloth is really appreciating that tasteful, yeah lovely smooth finish yeah yes and if any of the paints Beautiful. manage to seep through the tablecloth <laughs> which given the amount that gets on there is perfectly possible then we, we should yes. be okay nice nice well, it's something to look forward to in a year or so time so you're predicting as a two-year-old you can take that off no, no, no. Did I sure. did I say in a year? No, I'm yeah, talking like yeah, three or four years. Year. Okay, fair enough. Sorry. I was going to say, that is that is bold. That is bold. No, it's only going to get worse, um, I think, and then it will start to get better. My friend Ben has got a... He's got two toddlers. Well, actually, one of them's at school, so not a toddler. Uh, but his his kitchen table is like a big sheet of ply. But it's, he's just embraced it. It's absolutely covered in paint. And uh, and like kind of felt tip pens and all sorts of stuff. He said uh, he's gonna hang it on the wall when they're older. Uh, That's a nice idea. He is, he is an artist, so right. Okay, you know, so he's a embracing. Very arty sort yeah. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah, yeah. I've just realised my mum had the opposite approach when I was a kid. We had the tablecloth, and she used to take the tablecloth off, and we'd paint literally onto the table, which was this horrible grey gingham pattern thing. And then when oh, we were done, mean. she put yeah. put the uh, put the tablecloth back on. I've just realised, yeah, she did the inverse: cheap table, that's nice a, tablecloth. Well, not a cheap table, melamine, mate. That is British. I think it's a British invention, melamine, uh, from the nineteen fifties. I've got a nineteen fifties kitchen, so I've got some melamine work surfaces on the go. And it's it's a wonder material that has come back into fashion now, so you can get a uh, formica and melamine. Well, I I think I actually know the pattern. You're saying like a gingham style pattern. Uh, that that is a that is a formica. I'm a I'm a formica fan. I've actually got rolls of formica in my garage hoard of stuff that are I think they are the fiftieth anniversary formica special edition patterns in association with Eames, House of Eames. And they've got lots of lovely little uh, mid-century sort of stuff patinated onto the surface. Um, very, very beautiful, Johnny. I'm a big, big fan of, of 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 surfaces and materials and stuff, as well as gadgets. So I need to have a, an, an, a different channel other than Lowbrow, where I look at kind of architecture and materials and, and such. But, um, I mean, I think people would watch that channel, but also that's essentially what this podcast is. Yeah, half yeah, the time. Yeah, you're right. So you're right. You're right. You, you've got an outlet, but if we ever wanted to make it visual, yes, indeed. which it probably should be, to be honest, because you were just saying words and I was just letting you do it. Whereas if I could actually <laughs> see it, I might understand what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I've got um, in Margate. My kitchen is designed by a, a very famous guy called Frank Geel who um, I believe is at Royal College of Art as like a professor and all sorts of stuff. 
designed this kitchen called a trimmer kitchen in uh, the 1950s. Um, and it was a, like, kind of like one of the first sort of modular uh, kitchens made of wood with full mica tops and, you know, lots of mad colours. My one's orange and avocado coloured wooden doors, very full on, but like also very tasteful. Um, but yeah, that's uh, they in that range. They had um, full mica tops that were gingham. Like your mum one, your mum's one. Uh, I haven't seen grey, but I've seen sort of variations of grey, like black ones with a gingham pattern on, and all sorts of crazy ones. They even had ones uh, designed uh, by Lucian Day, who was Robin Day's wife. Robin Day is the inventor of the pro- polypropylene chair, the school chair that we all sat on as as children. Um, He's a he's a they were they were a luminary design couple in in British design, um, and yeah, I think they won many many competitions around the world for the the humble polypropylene uh, injection molded plastic chair, Johnny injection molding, and that takes us on <laughs> to <laughs> roto molding in lowbrow. Are we doing video first? I no, mean, it's we're such not. A good link. I just, oh. I was just trying to. Well, we could do. We could do. We could. We could shake it up a bit. I suppose. Yeah, I we feel. I feel like we don't want this format to get tired. We we could go no. straight into the video. Give the people what they want, and then yeah. we'll talk about my trip to Verdant after. Yeah, that's a nice shout. Then you can tell me to stop when it gets too long. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I, one, do I ever do that? I guess you're you're pretty good at not doing that. Really, sometimes you can pull me back a little bit when I'm going too far afield but um uh yeah polypropylene plastic chairs by robin day uh tabletops designed by lucian day his his wife who is an amazing surface pattern designer i've got books on these people i love these people johnny i, I sort of see them as friends somehow i collect their things um like a strange thing hoarder who's just obsessed with design essentially but yeah Injection molding, very, very cheap, fast process of molding stuff, mass manufacture, hence why it was such incredible, uh, well, not for the planet, but incredible for banging out uh, very, very budget, very strong school chairs um, out of minimal materials. Um, do you remember those chairs at school? They, oh, yeah, kind yeah. Of I, like... know, I know exactly what you're talking about. The like, They were like, yeah. well, mine were dark brown with yeah. like a classic porthole in the back oh you had a port yeah for carrying yeah sorry like a little porthole handle yeah stacking chairs yeah. yeah i don't know the model numbers i'm not that much of a geek but i've got some in my garden i've got some bright pink ones which are called polo chairs and they've got um holes all over them uh like i guess i don't know why they're called polo but maybe it's something to do with like a net or something i don't know there aren't any nets in polo are there no um, but they're polo chairs, Johnny. They look like the school ones, except they've got loads of holes all over them, so the water can just drip off of them. See, it's actually I, very, uh, very wild side. I, I, I thought you were going to do a link into the video, but we're back I on. Was. I was, and then I got distracted, Johnny. So, uh, yeah, injection moulding, very, very cheap, hence why plastic school chairs are cheap and mass-produced. And then you've got roto-moulding, which is the very high-end uh, way of moulding plastic, uh, which is which was evident 
in my f- well, can I give away my favourite? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, my favourite. They've all seen it by now. My favourite cool box. Well, I hope not. It's not it's not very many views. Hopefully, some more people will be uh, listening in and think I'd better go check that out. My favourite cooler was the Utoka Twenty Johnny, a roto moulded, uh, cool cool box uh, that holds an incredible amount of beer and uh, treated correctly in the in the correct fashion, Johnny, to operate a cool box. Which I can run you through as well, if you'd like. It well, will keep I, your beers cold. You, you for talked five about days. it at length yeah. in the video, and I, and I removed it for two reasons: one, because yeah. you, you you mentioned it a couple of times, but two, more importantly, because I thought there was probably a video in that, yeah, rather I than so. uh, yeah. you know putting it in with the reviews. So I th- yeah, maybe there'll be a lowbrow on how to get the best from your cool boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, just a quick, not even a run through, but just. It, whenever you're operating a cool bag or cool box, Johnny, you've got to open it a minimum amount of time because air is your enemy. The outside world is your enemy. So do not open your cool bag, cool box unless you really need to. Also, don't leave any air gaps in your cool box. You kind of want to pack that thing full. Uh, you want a ratio of ice to whatever you're cooling, maybe a two, two to one. So two part thing you're trying to cool to one part ice. Uh, or 50-50, if you want to keep it real cold. These are the kind of things we, we could talk about in a video. But um, is that a good video? Maybe that is a good video. could be good shorts, couldn't it? This summer, I'm going to be hosting talks at the Manchester, Bristol and London Craft Beer Festivals, giving festival goers the chance to attend tutored tastings, rare beer pours, meet the brewers and even guided tours of the bars. These three festivals are the highlights of my event's calendar, featuring some of the world's best breweries with delicious restaurant pop-ups, great music and a really welcoming party atmosphere. It's the third year I've been hosting the We Are Beer Tastings table, but for the first time I'm delighted to offer all of our listeners, viewers and Patreons £5 off a ticket when you use the code CBC5. Just hit the link in the description to buy. See you there. Yeah, I think yeah, definitely a, a decent short. Um, there's there's a bunch of um, videos I've seen about people, well, shorts, sorry, about optimum ways of packing beers into your cool box. So wow. like people that are buying uh, these big, I don't know, like a six pack, six packs of beer, but not like longer American sort of cartons of beer that they lay down long ways. Sorry. They they almost uh, insert it like it's a carrot going into the cool box, like long ways. I don't know how to describe that. Uh, and then you open the bottom of it gingerly at the bottom and then you pull the... You, you, you sort of put a load of them in vertically. Then you pack ice around it and then you pull the cardboard off and then you've got these sort of like towers of beers that are, that are betwixt ice columns. It looks pretty satisfying johnny i'd love to do i think i know what you mean yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i didn't explain that very well using the fridge um, pack like the cardboard packs yes that's the one yeah 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 long boys yeah 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 yeah. so um yeah i've lost my train of thought but i absolutely love the utoka i think it's such a good cool box um i've had it for a couple of years and it looks brand new it's incredibly well made 
incredibly robust, incredibly orange. Although I had a little look again today, and they, they actually sell it in a whole multitude of colours. There's a, a teal one, which is beautiful, bluey, greeny kind of uh, summery colour. They do it in like a Barbie pink, which I thought was awesome. Uh, they do it in a lowbrow yellow. Uh, well, craft beer channel yellow for for that matter. Mm. Um, they do it in a, a kind of, I think, a sand colour, a white colour, which is obviously pretty normal. Um, and then they do it in this amazing colour, which I think they call it camo. And it's it's like a marbled plastic effect. So the like the, the when they when they mould it, I'm not even sure how it works. Um, it's got like a marbly swirly pattern of camouflage all over it. Which is very satisfying. Um, but yeah, all sorts, Johnny. All sorts. Well, yeah, we need to get ourselves a yellow one, really, don't we? That's pretty. We do. We pretty do. Exciting if it's nearly on, um, nearly on brand. Mm. We've actually. So we, you may have noticed. Sometimes we do this. We've tweaked the thumbnail. So sometimes, yes, you know, you can look at the views and, you know, often the views are, are great or, or often they're not. Um, but you can have a look and see if that's because, like, the content hasn't really hit or if the thumbnail isn't working or, or what might be causing those low views. And we reckon on this one it was the thumbnail. So we've we've given it a little tweak in which you say uh, you say it's it's better than Yeti. Which better than Yeti, yeah. Cer- certainly, I mean, I... I I, I've never owned a Yeti. I don't think I've ever really played with a Yeti, but I do know that it mm. is significantly cheaper than a Yeti. Significantly cheaper than a Yeti. I don't own a Yeti, and that is a conscious decision that I've gone Yutaka instead. But I've, I have looked extensively in outdoor shops at Yetis to the point where people have come over to me and said, are you okay? Because <laughs> I've spent so long looking at them, Johnny. And honestly, it's, it's the same roto-moulding process but I think the features on the Utoka are just killer compared to uh, the, a sort of similar priced Yeti, which would be smaller, or, you know, a similar size Yeti, which would be far more expensive. Um, and I think have less less feature packed also. Uh, things like, I think they all, would all claim to be bear proof, but, you know, this has got a, a metal kind of locking plate on each side of the cool box uh where you can put a padlock through it you can literally i think you might chop this out of video as well but i I said you could literally put this on a bicycle chain chain it to a tree in a park and no one will be able to get your beers yeah take i felt bad getting rid of that because it was well over length you know so yeah as the the phrase in editing goes sometimes you have to kill kill your darlings um I thought it was great. I thought it was entirely overblown and ridiculous that you you chain, <laughs> yeah, your cool. Because also, like, generally, if I was going to nick, I feel like people would be nicking the beers rather than the cooler. They might not realise the value of the cooler, but I still True. appreciated the idea of yeah, chaining it to yeah, a tree. Yeah, I mean, it just just gives you options, especially if if bears have figured I mean, out. You'd need to I'm bring chains and padlocks as well. You would, which, but which if you might remove if... the convenience of having a a, a nice easy. Easier to carry cooler. But I guess from a business perspective, if you were to use this as part of your business, which I know people do use big cool boxes, um, say at festival events and things like that, if they're operating, uh, usually at food stalls, I would say they, they might keep their fish in it or their meat in it or whatever, because they know it's going to keep stuff cold for like the whole weekend or the, the four days that they're there if they treat it correctly. 
um, then you might want to lock that baby down because it's got your livelihood in it and all the rest. So I, I think there is a there is a use case for that. But also the the metal integrated padlocky bit on each side, Johnny, it's it's a bottle opener mm. on both sides. So you can dual bottle opener to your heart's content with your best yeah, so buddy. If you double fist in, you don't yeah. even need to put one bottle down. You can do them two yeah. at a time. Yeah, it's amazing. It really yeah. is amazing. Uh, it's got things like, uh, I'm not a fisherman, but if I was a fisherman, I could measure the length of my catch because it's got a handy ruler on the top of it, which has got the, you know all the scales of how long whatever you want to measure is. I guess you could use it to uh, measure a bit of wood, Johnny, and then you could build a log cabin uh, with with <laughs> with the cool box ruler. If you were really in a pinch, Johnny, if you needed to build a shelter away from bears, you could potentially fashion one, and then you could sit on it as your as your uh, as your chair inside of your little cabin that you build. You could use it as a little step ladder, Johnny, and you could stand on it as you're erecting the structure. It's that versatile. Um, and it, if you really got desperate, you could throw it at a bear because it is very, very <laughs> tough. <laughs> That's a real last ditch, last yeah, ditch yeah, move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw, throw it's bright in. orange as well. So I feel like a bear would be scared of bright orange, maybe. Okay. Although hunters, hunters wear orange, don't they? Because animals aren't bothered by it. I think probably someone's going to. Or is it me not that. that just there's no animals that are brightly orange, so you won't be shot by? Yeah, yeah, else. yeah. Well, it's to it's to stand out, isn't it? But yeah. you see. If you look at a lot of, like I do, I'm in a lot of vintage shops all the time. A lot of hunting, like military, a lot of vintage hunting jackets will be like real tree camouflage, which is the most predator vision, invisible uh, kind of pattern if you're in a forest. And then it'll have big orange panels on it, which sort of defies the point seemingly of um, having... This real tree camo shit all over it. But so it's camo for it, fashion, and then it's orange for yeah, safety. Orange for safety. I don't know, but I'm pre- I'm presuming that the animals are maybe not that asked about orange. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a weird one. I don't really know. I like to sort of think I know a lot about a lot of things, but I don't know why. The, the, well, I I know that the, the hunters wear orange because it stands out, and obviously you don't want to get shot rustling around in the trees. Someone's going to see a flash of orange and not shoot you. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I'm way off topic again, as usual. Yeah, well, but, let's uh, get back to the video. So did you have any yeah. favourite comments? Uh, favourite comments? Ooh. I like Mr. Rouge a lot, again, as always coming out with really nice comments. He said, great episode. When I think that Brad didn't want to be filmed at the start of the channel, and I see how he delivers on his own, I'm happy he changed his mind. Uh, so that that's nice. That's nice. Things that, like that. That was one I picked I am out. Very I thought shy. that was nice. And I think we talked about oh, it on the podcast okay. before. The original intention wasn't for you to yeah, be yeah. on the channel. You were behind the camera. Yeah, I was going to be the the cameraman, and you and uh, our, our third, no longer member, uh, Jimothy, was was going to be the other on screeny guy. And then I kind of yeah, it, it kind of changed. It evolved quite fast. It was when we did the City um, Burger video, you gave it a go, and I think maybe it wasn't mm. as awful as you thought, and then uh, Jim no. left, and, and suddenly I was like, I can't do this on my own. So no, round you came. No. Yeah, man, that's it. Round, round about the camera I walked. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, go on, did you have any comments or did I just nick your comment? No, well, that that so I picked out two. That one was that one. Um, well, actually, there were three. So another one is uh, Ian Laker says this address is a pressing issue for me. Our monthly homebrew meetings requires to bring a couple of five hundred mil bottles to share. The Bellroy Cooler Caddy will do just nicely because you don't want to okay. have to bring. Because I've been to bottle shares where by the time the beers arrived, it's warm, but you don't want to take a whole cool box. So the Cooler Caddy's good for that. It's a good bottle share cooler. Um, but the other one was John Nodge- John Odges. Yeah. A uh, bit of a Nick Clegg situation there where you don't know where the first name finishes and the second <laughs> one begins. Uh, he said, uh, try the Stanley Pint. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I had a little look at that this morning. I'm aware of the Stanley Pint as a product already. They So essentially it's like a kind of an insulated pint glass. Yeah. Without a lid, no lid, Johnny. Yeah, but but and... have you? Did you look into the details? Because you know, there's lots of these products out there. But yeah. the the Stanley, it was, yeah. says it will keep it will keep your uh, keep your beer cold for four hours. I mean, that's definitely a lie. It's got no lid on it. How can it do that? Well, I think well, I there's think only can... one way to find out, Johnny. I, th- I think you can get a lid. It doesn't come with a lid, and it's stackable. That's what makes me think that. Can you get a lid? I mean, if you can get a lid, I totally believe it. Keep your beer cold for four hours. I'm not it's sure. The I'll fact to, that it didn't have, have a lid for me. But you, was, what, you, was... you're just straight out calling them liars. No, I'm not calling them liars. I just think that is maybe if you're sat inside in optimum sort of conditions, uh, 18. To, oh no, hang on. Okay, Stanley Stanley Classic Insulated Pike Pint Cup. I'm now looking at a different version of it. Which does come with a lid, Johnny, and right, the lid cool. has got an integrated bottle opener, which I am into. So um, now I've seen that, I am going to have to do a review on it, aren't I? I, th- I think there there possibly is a, a an episode in like yeah, sort of vacuum, uh, yeah, well, they va- vacuum vacuum packed, not vacuum packed. What's the vacuum insulated? Uh, cups. Yeah, insulated insulated cups. Yeah. I mean, we've already. We've already had, uh, ooh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was the great insulated thing that you could stick your your beers in, whether they were cans, bottles, any kind of format. It had a rubber uh, kind of grommet around the top of it. And as you put the beer in, it would fart and go where it was making a vacuum seal around it. That was a nice thing. Yeah, I, I use that all the time. Whenever I'm yeah, it's uh, good. drinking direct from the vessel. In fact, yeah, yeah, a couple yeah. of nights ago I was having a having a lucky saint and um I didn't like I always forget to put beer uh the the low alcohol beers don't live in the fridge. I don't have fridge space. Uh mm. so and I always forget to put them in the fridge. Because usually it's a last minute decision. So I'm not drinking today and then last minute you're like, oh but I'll have a I'll 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 have a lucky saint. Um so I put it in the freezer, but it still wasn't as cold as I wanted when I wanted it. So I put it in one of those to keep it as cold as it could possibly be. And honestly, I sipped that beer throughout a whole film and it was ice cold. Well, not ice cold. It was as cold as I got it the whole time. So that was two hours. Yeah, yeah they're great. Those are great. It's an incredible, um, incredible bit of kit. Um, and you can take you can take the, the rubber thing off it and just use it as a cup as well. Yes, that's true. Which is which, arguably is is better. It's a husky. Husky, that's it. the brand. Yeah, husky. husky yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't quite remember what it was called, but it was a husky cooler, something husky cooler. 
Go and watch the label. Was it just a beer cooler? Husky beer cooler. Husky beer cooler. Yeah. I think it might just be called a husky. Oh, do you know what, Johnny? Go on. Just looking on Amazon, just found it. It's on sale at the minute. Holy shit. Low, lowest price in 30 days, twenty two ninety nine. Wow, there you go. That also has an integrated bottle opener on the bottom. Uh, uh, if you do that's hundred percent worth it. The, uh, oh yeah, it's an amazing thing. And if I, you do... I've got the rose pink one. It's very, very plush. Oh, yeah. very nice rose yeah. pink. Eh? Uh, if you do buy one, guys, can you go via our lowbrow video with our? Affiliate oh, and it's got link. an affiliate link. Yeah, um, that will chuck us. Some, I'll, I'll, some I'll put point. the affiliate link in this podcast, and if people yeah, want to buy it tonight, it's a little gift to themselves on a Friday. Um, go get it because yeah, it's 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 cheapest it's been for thirty days according to Amazon, and Amazon wouldn't lie to us. They wouldn't never, lie never, to us, surely. Never, 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 never. I think once you take the lid bit off, it's not insulated, though, is it? Right? Because the insulation comes from the air pocket, which you create with the rubber. No, the like the, the, the metal is insulated as well. Triple insulated marine grade stainless steel, and is then it? you have the extra extra protection of. Yeah, the air gap in between once you seal it. Mm. So yeah, it I think if you use it as a cup, it's, a it's not as kit. good, but it's still pretty good. I mean, I love that thing. I think it's great. I yep. love the fact that you've got a rose gold one as well. Yep, that's that's painting a picture in my mind. Well, we, I had to get the... two two separate colours. So, uh, well, I don't know why I had to get two separate colours, but yeah, I've got a stainless steel and I've got a rose rose nice. one, um, and yeah, they're great. Uh, right, so yeah, so if you haven't seen that video, it's a fantastic video. It, it could have been 45 minutes long, and a little part of me, you know, there's always that, like, most of our sort of uh, regular viewers would probably have wanted the 45-minute one, but nobody else would have clicked on it. So, yeah, I know, maybe the time will come, if we can make the money and the time for <laughs> ourselves that we do the editor's cut of of anything with Brad in, because that's the, <laughs> that's the case. Anything, anything that's got both of us in it, uh, runs for at least 40 and anything with just Brad pushes an hour um, and and it I, was all gold that I was cutting so it was it was, it was uh, a sad gig it was a sad it was gig a to sad have. gig yeah um, I didn't really get to talk about any of the other cool boxes very briefly Johnny mm. the cool tunes from Igloo the Igloo Playmate cool tunes is awesome it's totally stupid and it's not the most effective cool box in the world but if you're just going to pose on the beach or in the park for a day, uh, 24 hours, it's going to keep your beers amazingly cold and you're going to have a great boombox on the beach, Johnny. Um, it's just it's just friggin' awesome. I love that thing so much. Um, I'd love to, uh, you know, potentially work with them a bit more. They do loads of Playmate uh, kind of custom ones. You can get Star Wars ones. You can get... American football team ones, Simpsons ones I've seen. Wow. All sorts, mate. Like, really, really cool. Igloo is a a kind of big, big sort of massive brand in America. Injection molded, mate. They're not, they're not, um, they're not roto molded, sadly. Uh, but, but still very good cool box. Um, the, the REI one, which I got corrected. <laughs> Even on though Tom you Tons said it about. might be REI, still yeah, people there going, right, you idiot. You goddamn yeah. moron. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> the REI co-op, as I said in the video, that's what I called it, or Ray, which I still think is legit to call it Ray. Ray. Well, because of um, what's a face now, from Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, that's how yeah, they spell yeah. it, isn't it? Or is it R E Y? I can't uh, remember now. Might I don't know. I can't. I can't spell either. But um, what do you call it? That's that's an amazing cool box, and that's actually thirty five dollars. I thought it was forty dollars. I think. 
when I bought it in San Fran, it was near to $40 because of the tax on top of it. So in my head, I just thought it's $40. It's actually $35. Amazing. Um, which is really, really good deal. And they do have, they do go into sales quite often. I've seen them in sales. Um, and the Bellroy, which I haven't talked about either, is something that I'm now taking about with me every day um in my in my my day pack you know when i'm going out and about literally got it on me all the time which i i would argue that makes it the best cool box because i've got it all the time yeah i mean um, so that got four stars and so did the the um the cool tunes because yes just because of the cost right the, the products cost, were yeah. sensational but just the cost didn't feel right yeah and i think uh for the cool tunes i do think it's a bit punchy you can get a regular Playmate for about 40 or 50 quid, similar size. Right, so it's 150 without... quid for the speakers. Yeah, and then we all know you can buy Bluetooth, pretty kick-ass Bluetooth speakers <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for, for like 50 quid yeah. or something. Like an Anchor, whatever one's like 50 quid, and they're pretty good. But, um, I mean, I, I have a a Breon Vega one, Johnny. Breon Vega is an Italian design company from the 1960s, so, of course, Brad has to have a different... Uh, bluetooth speaker so i've got Wait, they're Vega. from the 1960s but they have bluetooth speakers. no no well it's actually but it looks like an apple product because apple just ripped dita rams and they ripped brion vega and loads of amazing um people zanussi all these kind of like luminary designers of the 60s uh they just ripped them so it's got a very apple look to it um but it's actually i think it's designed by a british guy i'm looking at it right now let me just look at the bottom of it i don't know if this is in, it's not very interesting is it sorry i've diverted us massively here again who is it designed by oh you fuck i know it says it somewhere designed by and then i can't read it i can't read it johnny because it's a man's signature but i think he's an english guy michael something or other studio i don't know i can't remember it's a nice little thing anyway, and it didn't, you know, they're quite expensive, but you can get you can get them way cheap these days. So that is a bit of a rip. I do think the Bellroy, about £55, is punchy, but it is made of really, really premium materials. Um, I've, as I said, well, I think you might have cut it in the video. I've seen people pour uh, actual water inside it, and it won't leak because it's all seam sealed. It's a really, really well-made bit of kit um so i i don't see any reason why you couldn't put ice cubes in that and like treat it like a hard cool box because mm. because of the stuff i've seen which is also pretty incredible i i wouldn't ever think of doing that but having watched people pour water into it i don't see a reason why you couldn't just put like ice cubes from your freezer in it which you should is, have tested like, that in the video because and... if it went right it's amazing if it went wrong it would have been yeah. hilarious well, you would think it would make it go a bit funky over time, like too much moisture and stuff like that. But anyway, it's a B Corporation, Johnny. All of the plastics involved are recycled and it's kind of like better for planet Earth kind of thing. So I think there's a there's a there's a kind of not a Ponzi tax, but there's a, like a tax for being a good, responsible consumer. And the tax is yeah. 55 pounds. Like why Patagonian a... hats are like 60 quid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you're yeah, saving yeah, yeah. the world when you wear one. 
Well, you'd probably be saving the world if you wore the one your your nana knitted. You. Oh yeah, that's probably better. Isn't it? Knitted. You know what I mean? No one wants a yeah. knitted baseball cap. That's. Oh, you're talk- You said. I oh, thought you said like a. Okay. Oh no, I was thinking of a baseball <laughs> of, of a trucker cap. I I I love a baseball cap. I'm not even sure I'd wear a knitted baseball cap. That'd be too floppy. That'd be fun, yeah, it would be. Flop, yeah, the visor yeah. would just be like just in front of your eyes, just <laughs> flop down. <laughs> yeah. um anyway so so the other big news from this week is that we brewed the last of our collaboration beers yeah uh brad sadly couldn't make it down uh to verdon in the end i couldn't um i had a i had a family emergency which i won't go into because it's a bit personal but um everything's seemingly oh sort of all right uh well not all right but like it's everything's okay johnny i don't don't worry about me people everything's okay but yeah it was something i couldn't avoid um and I was I was gutted not to go because I love Verdant. I love the haze that they produce down there. And I haven't been to Cornwall since I was a kid. So I was double gutted. Um, how was it, Johnny? It was great. I mean, I, I started the podcast by bitching about the trains. The trains are actually all right, but it is seven hours door to door. Yeah. Uh, by train. But it was incredible. So uh, I, I've been to the new Verdant site once before. But that was right at the when they basically just moved in and started producing, like a couple of months after they moved. So now they're very much moved in. They've already filled the space and had to get warehousing across the road. And the tap room is now running and it's incredible. Like doing great uh, sourdough pizza. You got four cask lines. Well, sorry, three cask lines and uh, brewed by them and uh, a cider line, real cider. And then. Uh, I think it was maybe 16 taps, uh, 18 taps of, of their own beer. So, you know, the widest wow. range you're going to get anywhere of Verdant beer. And they had you know, Hellers, Porters, um, uh, and all kinds of stuff as as well as all, well, endless hazy IPA and, and pale ale. So the taproom was incredible. Uh, and the brew was great, you know, like it was James, uh, the head brewer, more more so perhaps than any other brewer that we've worked with has just gone... Like I sent him the homebrew recipe. I mean, we wrote it together anyway, and he just he just scaled it up. Wow, um, that's amazing. So yeah, the recipe that is in that video that we did with them way back in twenty 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 is essentially the same beer. Um, obviously, tweaked a bit, you know, to to their processes and stuff. But yeah, so um, brew one citra mosaic, uh, decent whack of IBUs to to try and keep it a, a little bit crisp. Uh, hopefully loads of pineapple vibes. Uh, it was a double batch, which I think is standard for them, really. They generally do double batches. Uh, going into keg and can, hopefully just in time for the festivals. Getting a bit tight at this point. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so we brewed that. I got to be on the brew deck and I was filming. Um, but also they let me push some buttons, add the hops. Um, and, yeah, it was nice nice and involved. And then James gave me a tour. The tour, James is a bit like you, but for brewing... So I said I need like a five, six minute brewery tour <laughs> and an hour later we were still going and he was wow. half an hour later for a meeting that he said he could not miss. Um, but he just <laughs> he just got going. Um, wow. And then our chat about the recipe and about Verdant, which I said again needed to be like five, six minutes, was about half an hour long. Nice. So fun in the edit. Yeah, the, yeah, the Verdant one and the Omnipoyo one, I don't know, they might need to be mm. split in two or maybe I'll just take literally a minute from the brew tour and then release the full brewery tour as a separate video. Because, you know, I mean, not all of it is fascinating to people at home. There's a lot of technical stuff that he wanted to sort of show off. Um, 
But I don't know. I'll um, I'll figure it out. But it's going to be a great video. Lots of lovely footage as well because it's a very beautiful brewery with trees and it's all up Oof. high. You're about four or five meters off the ground uh, wow. up on the brew deck. It's it's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, the beer is called Definitely Not a Cult, which is a nod to our Discord forum where occasionally cultish <laughs> things happen and we tell everybody that we're <clears throat> you know that's not what we're what we're going for. Not we're definitely not a cult, are no, we, Johnny? Definitely, definitely not, not a cult. Um, uh, there's been talk of robes over the time. and all Yeah, when we asked for what merchandise things. people want to see at the festival, people said <laughs> cult robes, which unfortunately we yeah. couldn't find a supplier of cult robes. Not a, not a good price point, Johnny. Yeah, not, yeah, not, a, good yeah, not a good price point. Not with the personalizations yeah. that we needed. What could we What could we do? What could we make to induct people into the cult with? Maybe masks. What sort of masks maybe we can like eyes wide shut vibes yeah exactly uh well no ver- no sorry <laughs> no back backtracking there <laughs> yeah yeah indeed more like tracking is the word uh v for vendetta style okay yeah we could we could source some i don't know we're not we're not we're not gonna buy a load of masks we're already we're already hemorrhaging money on this festival. Yeah. <laughs> it's slowly getting uh, more expensive. We start to yeah. look at our margins, going, "Oh yeah, festivals are hard." Um, uh, if anyone knows, if anyone works for Walker's Crisps out there, <laughs> I've tried to I've tried to reach out to them on socials uh, because I'd love to bestow everyone with some pickled onion monster munch. Uh, being a superior, I mean, just to be clear, snack, if they won't, we'll, we'll mm. just go down to Costco. Oh, we, we're we're going to buy them anyway. Yeah, but. There's It'd not going to cool be any shortage to, of crisps. Like I'd, I'd be up for them turning up with one of their Monster Munch monsters, handing out Monster Munch. That'd be great. That'd be like just, a childhood dream. We, we've had these kinds of conversations a lot about the festival. You seem to think that these brands have the time and the money no, to invest just, in small niche craft beer festivals. I'm just a dreamer, Johnny. We're we we we're hopefully getting some uh, some other bits and bobs as well along the way. So. Yeah, you know. Well, we'll see. Um, I mean, if Gary Lineker turns up, I will. I will. Uh, I don't know what I'll say to you. Um, uh, I won't be able to say anything to Gary. I'll be too nervous. No, very, very nervous. I just say um, I like his shirts. He's always got very nicely fitted shirts. Nicely fitted shirts. Has yeah, he? just I'm a man who knows how to wear a shirt. Do you mean like a sort of button-down shirt, like a smart shirt? Yeah, he's mean? all. He's he is perpetually smart cash. I think that's not good, though. That's not a good thing. Well, no, isn't but... he a dirty love rat as well? Didn't he like cheat on his wife and stuff? Have I think so. That? I think that's just every other footballer. Oh, okay. All yeah. Right. Sorry, Gary. I didn't mean to tie you with the same brush. Mate. No, G- Gary's a good man. He's always He's fight- fighting the good fights on Twitter. He's which part- is the mark, the make, the mark, the mark of a good man. Apparently, uh, I heard that. Okay. Everybody, don't worry. Um, Are we still any... calling it Twitter? Is it not X now? Sorry, it's X now, but it's not. Is it X or is it still Twitter? I don't no, it's even X. know. I'm not. A... It's called X. Yeah. It's just isn't X what the kids call ecstasy? That's confusing, isn't it? Uh, only to them. In America, I've seen it in American movies where they're where they're talking about drugs and they yeah, but they're all ecstasy, they're all on X. TikTok anyway. Oh, okay. So they 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 probably they probably even don't know that Twitter's changed its name because that's we what their mum think, and their dad did. Oh, I did say kids, so I I guess I don't even know if the kids do drugs anymore. I don't think they do. I think they're too. You, you sound it's sad too, about uh, this. It's probably for the well, best. <laughs> well, you know, it's good to experiment a little bit. I think as a as a young person to find out. Okay. What you like? Okay. I'm not saying drug with drugs. I'm just saying in general, like 
it's good to you know right, so that, that's the content things. warning put on this podcast thank you oh god uh, i wasn't endorsing uh, drugs although you know we you literally, you literally said it's good to experiment we yeah with with uh, beer and alcohol drink, oh, which okay. is also a drug also yeah. a drug though that but it's a legal drug to. so it is good to experiment drink yourself clever um yes yes so the other thing i did while i was down at verdant was a beer and pizza matching night so they have this oh, amazing yeah. pizza restaurant uh, well, I should say Taproom, which has a pizza oven in it, and they've got uh, got uh, a lady called Riley who is a fantastic pizziola. Um, she was a training chef for Franco Manca and uh, Rudy's as well, so she's got she's got chops. Um, and she put together an amazing menu. We had uh, we had a pumpkin base. Go on. Oh right, I, I thought I was going to shock you there. We had, we had a pumpkin base with stone fruit jam and induya that we paired. Stone fruit jam and induya. This yeah. sounds insane. It was so so fucking good. Stone like sweet fruit jam. and spicy, so like peaches and, tangy. and pl- plums yeah. and shit. Yeah. As a what? Do you remember? We, weirdly, we had totally a stone fruit confused. jam on a pizza at Omnipollo literally weeks ago as well. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, they, did it have tomatoes on it still, or we just, or just the jam? Um, I think that one did, yeah. Um, so it's like it's, it's basically so a really sticky is... sweet chutney. The pumpkin yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. sweet and earthy and salty. Then How you... do they make a pumpkin base though? What is it? Is it got? Has it still got flour in it? Sorry, it no, straight... no. The base, the base sauce, not the not the oh. actual pizza. Sorry. Yeah, the base sauce was pumpkin. This was I thought this sounds bizarre. Right. I've never seen a pizza base made out of pumpkin. No, so the, pe- like, the it's base be sauce well floppy. Right, okay, yeah. the sauce. Okay, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, so with sourdough you. 30 okay. uh, 72 hour sourdough base. Pumpkin sauce, stone fruit jam, uh fior de latte and then yeah. induya. Uh and we paired that with a West Coast IPA. Well, California wow. IPA, which was big and bold and piney and resiny, but also like all the Californians had had a bit of fruitiness to it. I think it's nectarum, and that really worked with the pumpkin. Uh, sorry, not the pumpkin, the stone fruit jam, and the induya was great with the spiciness because spiciness and bitterness go together really, really nicely. So that was great. We had a white one, which was gorgonzola pecorino parma ham, salty, salty as the sea. Um, <laughs> And we had that with a New England IPA, which was exceptional because it made the New England IPA really mellow, really soft and fruity. It like turned it into like a a 4% kind of golden ale, just really mellowed it out. And it was fantastic, all that sweetness and all that saltiness. Nice. Uh, Sounds great. Yeah. Uh, And we had tiramisu with uh, their their, um, Imperial Porter uh, Velvet Overground. See what we did there? Velvet Um, Overground. Yeah, great name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just had a magic time. So Riley absolutely smashed it. The tap room was amazing, and yeah, had we had thirty people, over thirty people, come down and and doing the matches with me. I told them about the history of pizza, the history of beer, what how we don't know what came first, beer or bread. Um, yeah, it was a really good night. So I don't know. I'm going to try and go down there and do the same again next year because it was one of the best tastings I've ever done. For, from nice. my perspective, I don't know how anyone else, the people that paid to be there, thought. But as a person that got free pizza and beer and got to mouth off for an hour, uh, an hour surely, two, I enjoyed it. surely bread came first, didn't it? No, we don't know, Bradley. You need to come to one of my tastings. Surely, I'm, 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 I'm team bread. 
based on, on all on. of the academic on research on you've team done. Bread. Based on everyone. <laughs> I can't believe you're team bread. bread. Yeah, I'm team you're not, bread. You're not going to back <laughs> back the team that 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 got you here. Yeah, but I feel like surely bread was a human necessity before. I, uh, you, so you're are you sort of saying it was they were both accidentally invented or whatever? What are you saying here? I haven't read I haven't read the latest book, Johnny. So what would we say? Well, I haven't saying? finished it. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, yeah, we're going to get into the weeds here, but essentially, so humans um, pre-civilization, pre-settling down, were nomadic. They would hunt and gather and travel across the land, depending on the weather and the opportunities, and whether somebody a bigger tribe with yeah. bigger sticks were around um and they one day settled right and there's lots of reasons as to why they might have done that anthropologists argue about it but one one of the possible things could have been to cultivate grain like they found sorghum wheat barley rice whatever it was and they found uh that you know they could grow it well here so they settled there and grew it right mm-hmm. now the earliest example of bread that we know like a concrete example of bread being made, unleavened bread, so not not risen, is is about six thousand years earlier than the earliest example of beer being brewed. So it's quite possible they realised if they got the grain wet, left it for a couple of days, it would start fermenting, and if they sort of ate slash drank that, they'd get drunk, they wouldn't be poisoned, and it was good for them. They'd feel sated. Hmm. So that's the important thing to remember. Like, carbonated, vatted beer, obviously invented thousands and thousands and thousands of years later, probably around the Egyptians, the Sumerians, uh, started to really clear it up and turn it into just a straight-up liquid. But they might have just been eating fermented grain long before they started grinding it enough to turn it into flour, mush it up, bake it. Interesting. Interesting. But equally... And how, how and, long ago are we saying this is? Sorry, Johnny. So so the earliest example we have of beer being brewed is 13,000 BC, a place okay. called the Rakafet Cave in northern Israel. Okay. Um, and that was done in literally they like a pestle and mortar that they ground out of the cave floor where they nice. were, um, they were uh, mixing it, mixing it there. And, and then eating it um so yeah i mean but essentially also you know there's arguments that there is bread baking happening even at rakafet cave you know there's people saying well i think there probably was you know we've got these other examples of things so it's just it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation they would have both been very similar things beer was almost an uncooked version of bread at that time so yeah. we just don't know for sure which kind which thing kind of happened first interesting very interesting, Johnny. This yeah. is great. it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I wonder if we can do some videos about all of this. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. We're going to. We're going History to. Shizzle. We're going to turn it into clickbait to sell books and get clicks. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested in anthropology and where well, the, the origin of you know human, uh, well, ancestral sort of things to proto humans and all this sort of stuff. So yeah, man, sounds great. Bring it on. Okavango Delta is popping into my head, but I think that was that was the home of well the origin of the earliest living sort of human communities, I believe. Okavango Delta that's in the back of my head as a thing. 
But, uh, I mean, th- these probably, things, that, it all changes. Uh, like, we didn't know about the Rockefeller yeah, Cave yeah, until, yeah, I think it's five, six years ago. So that's what, we're mm. like, we just assumed it was bread first and Rockefeller Cave threw that into doubt. So it keeps we should make a we should make a an aged beer called Rakafet Cave, some sort of aged beer. Maybe we should. We could use um, their use their re- well. We can't use their recipes because the recipe was literally grain and water. Um, hmm. But we could make like the Egyptian recipes. They were throwing dates and honey and nuts and all kinds of stuff in there. Oof, um, sounds which is sounds cool. Ho- sweet. Hopefully, in January, I'm traveling to to visit one of the earliest Egyptian breweries mm. for the book. Hopefully. Um, Hopefully that's the plan. But yeah, so that Verdant beer is coming out. Uh, Rakafet Cave is a homebrew that Brad and I will start working on. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you'll be able to buy the beer. So we are now confirmed. It is all sorted. We will be selling the packs of beer. Uh, six of the 10 collabs will be going into a six pack being sold by Malt Miller. Um, yes. So if you can't make the festival or it's sold out before you got tickets, uh, the week after we will be doing a live show tasting six of those and you can buy those from Malt Miller. So as soon as we have a link for that to pre-order it, uh, we will get that live so that you guys uh, can all enjoy that. Um, we've hit 50 minutes, Bradley. Oh, yeah. That's uh, we that's kind of the average these days. To talk about. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was a short, week, short one last week because we were exhausted and baking in the sun. Um, so exhausted. That, that was so hot where we recorded. I don't know whether that came across... Uh, in the way we were talking, but I just felt physically and mentally exhausted sitting in the heat. It was like insanely hot, wasn't it? I mean, it was warmish. It was like oh come on, it was like mid twenties. Well hot, mate. In that direct sunlight, it was crazy. It was crazy <laughs> hot. My head was. I was just dripping your, with sweat. Your your temperature references are well off because you you still maintain that on Lake Champlain it was like minus ten, and I was th- I was there literally in a bomber jacket and a t shirt. If you look at the video, yeah. like nah. it was not minus ten. <laughs> well, look, it had to be pretty cold. We're all on pretty thick ice there. Well, salty, yeah, but I mean, on. not salty ice, but yeah, ice. Uh, yeah, it would have been fresh water. Yeah, but anyway, let's let's not go down go down that road. Um, yeah, this has been the Friday five pm. Uh, I will put that affiliate link to the wonderful Husky beer cooler in there because you won't get yeah. a better price, and you will no. uh, you will help us out. We if... should say while we're talking about affiliate links. Yes. Uh, you on, can, nice. if you're going to buy the Utoka, yes. use the code. If you're buying direct, use the code, is it Craft10? Craft10 will get you 10% off yeah, so anything 20 quid off. store-wide. Oh, yeah, right, 20 or quid 20 quid off, quid off of, of the cooler, yeah. Offer you Utoka 20. But if you want to get one of the big rolly ones, or if you want to get a customised one, or anything else you might want to get. They've even got um, insulated cups, like we were talking about earlier with the Stanley one. They've got their own versions of that. Uh, I've got one of those. They're very good. Um, just a sort of general purpose kind of insulated cup. I use it for iced coffee. Um, but they've got all sorts of stuff on there, Johnny. Very cool things. Cool things. And you'll get 10% off there you go. with uh, Craft 10. Do you want to, just, just while you were talking then, I was just like, I should look at our Amazon affiliate program, see if we got any affiliate profit from, from your video. Yes. Two days ago. Yes. Guess how much we've earned in fees for affiliates. Oh, about 20 pence, I'm guessing. No, no, oh, right, okay. No, 90p. Way! Yeah. Let's buy a couple of curly whirlies, mate, and have a party. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not even sure that would buy us a single packet 
of fucking pickled onion monster munch, mate. I'm not sure how much they cost these days. I feel like they're about. I mean, a grab bag. A grab might, bag might be grab more bag. than that. Yeah. Over a quid, I reckon. Yeah. Over a quid. What a world. Well, I tell you what, mate. We're going to buy a couple of. Hopefully, this time next week, we'll buy a couple of packets of grab bags on that video. Way. That'd be something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, keep Brad in Monster Munch. That's that's yeah. why you use affiliate links. Anyway, yes, it's been a pleasure to host this. Uh, much love to all of you. And of course, much love uh, and beer to all of you. And we will see you next week. The Bubble and Friday 5pm podcast are brought to you by the nerds behind YouTube's craft beer channel. You can watch over 400 mini documentaries at youtube.com slash the craft beer channel. And if you love what we do, support us via Patreon and get access to merchandise and our amazing Discord forum, a positive and welcoming space for everyone who loves beer, food and homebrewing. Love and beer. Love and beer.